Chapter 35, September 1997, age 42. Indian River Correctional Institution was about two and a half hours north of Miami, near Vero Beach, and was a slightly larger facility than the one in Miami-Dade County. The cell block where Robert stayed was a double-decked, semi-circular room with tables and TV in the common area. Prisoners would stay in the common area for the most part, where their meals were delivered to them. At night, they would enter their cells to sleep. Right after transferring there, Robert signed up to attend a Bible study group. Until then, he had contact with only a couple of other believers, and the idea of being able to participate in a discussion group with other Christians excited him. That evening, he went to the meeting with the Bible he received at Rikers Island. Four other inmates from his cell block went as well. Two corrections officers escorted them to a long room with thick glass walls. The room had two columns of chairs with an aisle down the middle. As he and the other inmates entered the room, a man wearing khaki slacks and a plain white shirt greeted the others, who had apparently attended the Bible study before. Hello, my name is Maynard Swigert, he said to Robert, shaking his hand. Robert gestured toward himself. I'm Robert. I haven't seen you before. This is your first time, isn't it? Yeah, I just arrived. Thought I'd check you guys out. Great. Well, thanks for coming. Feel free to take a seat anywhere you like. About a dozen or so inmates were already in the room and seated. Robert and the inmates from his cell block sat in the second row of chairs. For the next few minutes, the group of men shared small talk while a few other prisoners were brought into the room. Your Mets are like nine games out right now, and they're on a losing streak, one of the other inmates said to Robert. He was a young kid and quirky. And you think they have a chance to make the playoffs? Robert shrugged. Hey, you never know. I'll bet you five bucks they don't, the kid challenged Robert. Hey, 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 Robert held up his hands. You trying to get an illegal gambling charge tacked on to what I already got? The other men laughed, but Robert knew inside him that it wasn't long ago he would have taken the bet. Although for some the wager would have been harmless, he knew it was potentially dangerous for him, regardless of how insignificant the amount. Robert found out from one of the other inmates, who regularly attended the meetings, that Maynard was Indian River's chaplain. He also pointed out two other men. One had gotten a guitar out of its case and was tuning it, and the other was sitting on the front row talking with a couple of the inmates behind him. These two men were from one of the local churches. Their church and several others took turns hosting the meetings, which occurred twice a week. The man with the guitar led the inmates in several songs. For Robert, one of them stood out more than the others. It was entitled, I am a new creation, a brand new man. Robert read the lyrics. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things are passed away. I am born again. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. It was as if the song was written especially for him and the words moved him to tears. Unlike the day at Rikers Island, he wasn't afraid to show those tears in front of the other men, who, according to their own expressions, were moved as well. After the music, Chaplain Maynard guided the men in the study, where everyone was encouraged to participate. Outside of AA, Robert never had experienced a meeting where people were so open and genuine. The study concluded, and the man who had been talking to the other inmates earlier approached Robert. He held out his hand. The name is Delco, just like the battery. Robert shook Delco's hand as he introduced himself. I haven't seen you here before, he said. This is my first time to come, Robert explained. 
Delco, in his 50s, had a very kind face. He continued talking with Robert for a few minutes, mostly about the prison ministry and prison conditions. When the correctional officers returned to take Robert and the rest of the inmates back to their cell blocks, he asked, Say, would you mind if I came to visit you in a day or two? I'd like to continue our conversation, if you don't mind. Robert was surprised that Delco, who only a few minutes ago was unknown to him, would take even more time out of his schedule to make a personal visit to Robert. Sure, Robert said emphatically. Beats hanging out with some of these knuckleheads I got to bunk with. Delco laughed and the two men parted. The next day, Robert met with Delco in a visiting room designated for contact visits. For the next two hours, he listened as Robert aired his grief about his current situation. Delco was very kind and supportive. He prayed with Robert right there and promised he would continue to pray for him. The visit with Delco was very meaningful to Robert and served as a boost towards his spiritual growth. At the end of the next meeting, Chaplain Maynard announced that a baptismal service would be held the next month. Due to time constraints, there would be time for only six inmates to be baptized. Robert knew this was something he desperately wanted to do, but by the time he added his name to the list, seven other inmates' names were above his. Put your name down anyway, he was told by the man in the charge of the yellow pad. Sometimes guys back out at the last minute, so Robert did. The Bible study meetings helped fulfill a hunger inside of Robert that began the day his daughter cried out to him at Rikers Island. Every Tuesday and Thursday, he was one of the first at the gate, carrying his Bible, ready to head down the corridor to the meeting room. There he learned more about the life of Christ and what it meant to be one of his followers. Jesus gave the example of giving and not taking, a concept foreign to Robert's former lifestyle. He was taught to love his enemies, when before he believed enemies must be eliminated to get ahead. He understood the principle of sacrificing his life, although he was never too keen on the idea. But he learned that Jesus was willing to die for everyone, and did. As Robert entered the meeting room the day of the baptisms, he was informed that two of the other men didn't make it, and he would be baptized that evening. He was elated over the news. During the past month, he had thought deeply about how his physical situation correlated to his spiritual. He was about to enter the witness protection program, where he'd receive a completely new identity. His name, where he lived, and the way he earned a living would all change. The same applied for him spiritually. He now had a new name as a child of God, as well as a new final destination. As the pastors prayed with Robert and the rest of the men, Robert sobbed more than he'd ever done before. Even when they were explaining the procedures of baptism, holding his nose, the cue to go into the water, bending at the knees, he never stopped crying, for he realized the baptism symbolized the death of the old Robert and the rebirth of a new one, made whole through a man who died in his place nearly 2,000 years ago. As he entered the baptistery, which consisted of a large tub on a rolling platform, the reality of the situation was more than he could bear. Robert Engel, mafia tough guy, crackhead, deadbeat father, was about to die, and in his place was a new Robert, serving as a witness to his own death, a pallbearer at his own funeral. On December 24th, Chaplain Maynard and the prison ministry volunteers hosted a Christmas party that included the inmates. They brought in some snacks and candy, served some punch. There were prison rules that didn't allow merchandise to be brought in, 
so no gifts were exchanged. That Christmas Eve was a memorable one for Robert. It wasn't the typical partying to which he was accustomed. Except for when he was a kid, he had no memories of Christmas. It had become just another day to get high with loud music and louder drunks. Now these people had taken time away from their families to be with him and the other inmates to celebrate the real reason for Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ. Even if they had stayed 30 minutes or so as Robert figured, it would have meant a lot to him. They ended up staying for hours, singing carols, rejoicing over the Savior of the world. Once again, Robert was brought to tears over the demonstration of God's love for society's outcasts.